Alright, anyways, so super groups and shit. Oh, and welcome back to the show. I should probably include that. So uh, today we're going to go over supergroups, and if you are not familiar with what a supergroup is, by definition, it's a bunch of... Successful bands that do another successful band? Yeah. No, it doesn't even have to be successful, just... Well, already well-established musicians that formed a group together, and occasionally an actor, because there's that one Johnny Depp band, Hollywood Vampires. Oh, yeah. Alice yeah. Cooper. Yep. Oh, I forgot to turn our intro music off. It was the volume. Was now, down. do you think he got that band because he's a good musician or because his name's Johnny Depp? The Hollywood Vampires one? Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I've never really listened to him play because I was like, yo, that's Johnny Depp in a band. <laughs> I didn't really want to listen to it. I well, guess. that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't a, really do like everybody around him is notable. so good they carry him. Well, yeah, and he just kind of walks around and plays whatever the fuck he's playing. They could even have his fucking shit turned down for all I know. Yeah, well, think if if you like took Alice Cooper and who else is in the band? Oh, I'd have to hang on. I'll find out. All right. Well, think if you took Alice Cooper. And the other guys that are in the band, and then dropped him into Johnny's world, and was like, "All right, we're gonna play Hunter S. Thompson and Jack Sparrow and <laughs> John Dillinger and the guy from What's Eating Gilbert Grape." <laughs> like, think of if you put all those dudes in Johnny's world, and was like, "Okay, well now you guys act." He would carry them. You gotta think like Alice, Alice Cooper is pretty good, been, man, and Wayne's he's been world. doing it forever. No, um, Joe Perry is the other guitar player. I don't know how okay. I forgot and that. And who's also been doing this shit yeah. forever? So, yeah. all those guys obviously would carry him. But I think if the roles were switched, it'd be the other way around. Oh, definitely. I just think it's. But yeah, he's probably pretty amateur and just got into it. Like obviously, he would have the connections to. Be like, hey, Alice, you want to start a band together or right. whatever, just because of who he is. That's what I mean. So, yeah, I think his name definitely helped him get to that and the money and probably the cocaine and stuff. Oh, with those guys? But, <laughs> From, like, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry, and Tommy Hendrickson's point of view? It's just a cash cow having him on, in your band, you know? Yeah. Because you're going to have millions of fans uh, just off it. Of like, his I'm name. old. This is a good retirement plan. You know? But he probably has fun with it. I've never. I think I heard one song, but I can't even remember what it sounded like to let you know. I, if I recall, it kind of sounded like Alice Cooper doing Aerosmith. Like Aerosmith music with Alice Cooper vocals? Kind of. Is that Alice Cooper singing, obviously, right? Right, Joe yeah. Perry playing guitar, so it's... But it's not... To me, it wasn't anything great, either. I'll put it to you this way. I haven't listened to it since. And that's, like... It's been maybe five years. I don't know, a while. Yeah, I think that... Like, I checked it out when I originally seen it. And then just never looked at it past that. Yeah, 2017. Five yeah, years. Yeah. And at that point, it was just like a one live video or whatever. 
So let's get into some actual like good supergroups. Okay. And not just kind of gimmicky novelty ones. Well, as far as uh, I can tell, I would think that Cream would have probably been the first supergroup. I can, you know? Yeah, I could say. Or at least the first notable one. Right. And that, that's kind of where I think it started as far as that goes, was in that era when uh, you had all these electric guitar players and the British ones especially all fighting over, like, who's better, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they'd all band hop. And so you had Cream, you had Clapton, Ginger Baker, Blind Faith, Clapton, Ginger Baker. Steve Winwood in Blind Faith. Yep. So and then there was Ginger Baker's Air Force as well. Yeah, Ginger was, Baker's the shit. I love that. That project was awesome. I have the... Oh, wait, there was another one, too. There was the Baker Gorovitz trio or something like that. I have the record. I can't remember the actual name. Baker Gorovitz, I think. Okay. Um, I can't remember anybody else in it other than Ginger Baker, but that was really cool, too. And then Jack Bruce, of course. So, and if we Cro- Crosby, Steals, Nash, and Young, that's a pretty big one. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of where it started in that late 60s, I guess. It was... All Butterfield Blues Band, a supergroup? Or no? I don't. I don't know that one for sure. I don't sure. think so. I'm pretty sure that Paul Butterfield later joined some supergroup, though. Right. And it would have been around that Crosby, Stills, and Nash era and all of that. I have that one Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Or no, it's Mike Bloomfield, Crosby, Stills, and... I can't remember who else, but it's called Super Session, and it's just a, like, blues jam record. Oh, that sounds so tight. Good. I've never heard that. I'll borrow it, too. Actually, we might have one in the store still. Oh, and I forgot to bring the uh, certifiable record. I just remembered. Oh, that's fine. I got a stack of records to get through anyways. Blizzard of Oz, Ozzy's band at that time, is yeah, basically a super group. Yep. And you have, of course, Ozzy. Randy Rhodes, who's in Quiet, Quiet Riot. Riot. Okay, and he's fucking Randy Rhodes. And then Bob Daisy from Rainbow and Lee Kerslane. I can't even say his last name because I'm all tongue-tied and my mouth is dry as shit. Uriah <laughs> Heep. So that's like, yeah, that that's is, pretty I guess badass, that is considered man. a super group. I didn't even really think about that. Right. I didn't either because it's like you usually see the album thing more in hip-hop than you would, like, in rock. It's yeah. usually, like, a band, and they'll put out a bunch of records, you know, and hip-hop's like, you're getting one thing, and that's it. Yeah. Which is, you know, is what it is. Lords of the New of the new Church, that's a super group. Yeah, it was Stiv Baders yep. and... Uh, that'd be uh, one of my favorite Brian ones. Brian James from The Dams. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that project's great. That's probably in my top ten for sure. If I had a top ten... I never uh, seen that physically anywhere. What's that? Lords of the New Church. The album? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen the CD and stuff online. Okay. I never seen the record though. I believe I got the Madness record at the thrift shop, and it has a sticker on it for like reduced price, three ninety nine. Yeah. The uh, first album is uh the cover's tight because it's just uh just says Lords of the New Church with their little dagger logo and it's like embossed 
I might have got that from Steve. I don't. I'm not sure now. I'd have to think. I think I did get it from Steve. It was probably a while ago. But yeah, dude, I love that band. We might have to do an episode on that band down the road. I think they uh, deserve think, a lot more attention. Well, they, even the Dead Boys do in general. I agree. I've the fucking had, Dead Boys do. Yeah, I've asked a ton of people about them, and there's been more people that have been not familiar with it versus familiar with it. That's and so then, like, strange to me. Even, like, older guys that are, like, uh, we have this one customer who's, like, a big punk guy. He's into, like, Cro-Mags and the Ramones and... But uh, didn't know who the Dead Boys were? Circle Jerks and, like, all huh. that stuff. I had no idea who the Dead Boys were. It happens, man, and, I, I guess. And, I mean, yeah, they can fall under the radar. Nobody's going to find everything, but... It's the I had, like, boys, copies dude. of the record here, and he was wanting some punk stuff, and I was like, dude, you should take this home right. and listen to it. I was like, this is, like, the greatest punk band ever. And, I don't know, he never did. Really? And some other kid bought it. I was like, finally, somebody knows who the Dead Boys are. Remember when uh, I was looking for a copy of that, and then you went out of town? Yeah, I found one in Vertigo. Vertigo. And you, like, sent me a picture, and I'm like, dude, are you selling that? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. And then they like, came in stock, like, a week yeah, later, and so I ended weird. up getting them for the store. Yep. It was so weird. But I was, yeah, like, that, I would have grabbed you one when we were down there, but there was only one, and yeah. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. It's <laughs> funny, though. I think that, no, that was a different time. The next time I went there, I picked up all those Bathory records. That's it's like the first run of six. Those first three. Also another band we'll be going over with in the next couple of months. That'll hit Black Metal Month. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love that cassette, dude. It's so fresh of the second record. Oh, yeah, The Return. And that's, yeah, that's probably <laughs> Trying to favorite. find a spot to set your Red Bull if yeah. it doesn't hit the carpet. No, it's good. So we uh we kind of did our own um, groups of like magical mysticism where we could have dead, living, whatever. Our group. own fantasy football team of super yeah, groups. Yeah, that's pretty much the best way to put it. And uh, so that was like pretty fun and we'll give you some... Uh, we did them for examples. A bunch of different genres too, not just like rock and roll or metal. There's, I think Jeremy, you said you have a punk one. Yep. And there's a metal, we both have a metal one, a hip-hop one, I have a jazz one. Um, and then we did a custom group where we just took music, or musicians from all genres, and formed a band that we thought would be cool. I made my own motherfucking Earth, Wind, and Fire, dude. You're right. Sweet. I'm excited to get into that. Yeah, and we can, uh, you, but, I mean, we could have made make that endless, which is pretty fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun doing it, though, because as I was doing it, like I was telling you earlier before we started, I was going through listening to each of their bands and whatnot and figuring out how they would sound with everybody. Right. So I'd like, I'm not going to drop names yet, but yeah, I'd yeah, listen yeah. to one and be like, all right, this would sound good. And then like go to the next guy, like I got to make sure this guitar player fits with this and then this singer fits with okay. this. And I'm like, all right, so I pieced it all together where it sounded good in my head at least might sound terrible now that i say it, it was last night and the other night that well, i did it but there we had um one rule we couldn't use any more than six i used seven though on did one. you okay that's so, why i said i built my own earth wind right fire. okay so but when i tell you the seven you'll be like okay I see makes sense <laughs> well i kind of looked at it too as how they would look 
on stage or like on an album cover in her sleeve or like how the show would be how maybe funny they would look even, on stage i didn't even think about that i kind of i did that as well as like it's got to sound like halfway interesting you know right it couldn't just be those two people that would be terrible together um millie vanilli and donny osmond that would be pretty bad yeah <laughs> I was just trying to think of the worst shit I could, man. Yeah, that would be shitty. And I wouldn't want to see it either. So what about, uh, so we kind of talked about uh, some classic rock supergroups. Let's get into some metal supergroups. All right. Bloodbath being one, for <laughs> that's sure. That's funny. I was, like, the first one I was going to yeah, say. Too. I mean, to me, that's the best one as far as metal goes. Uh, if any listeners aren't familiar with Bloodbath, there's... Uh, Michael Ackerfeld from Opeth. There is Dan Swano or Swaino. I never knew how to say that. Uh, he was in like Edge of Sanity and Witherscape, and he also produced the first three Opeth albums. And then I can't remember the other members' names off my head. They kind of get into a lot of them have foreign names, so it's hard. Yeah, to... it's like Miguel. Yeah. And then after the first actual full-length album, they switch from Michael Ackerfeld, who's, I think that's what you were just saying. Yeah, the yeah. original vocalist. Yep. yep. Then they switch to Peter... Um, like Erickson? Something like that. It's it's spelled out like Erickson with three S's, I think. All right, yeah, but he's the singer from Hypocrisy, and that was on the Nightmares Made Flesh album. And then I think he's stayed with the band as the vocalist pretty much ever since then or wait 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 michael came back on another album that i can't remember off the top of my head I think it was the fourth the fathomless mystery michael came back on oh, that okay. album and then that's a badass album too yeah and then the three that followed were peter from hypocrisy again but i know they kept switching guitar players and drummers and shit here and there from a bunch of other metal bands, but that band was really sweet. There isn't a, like a ton of metal supergroups really. There was Legend of the Seagull Men that had uh, Danny Carey from Tool cool. and other people that I can't remember off the top of my head. Killer Be Killed. I had a member of Mastodon if I remember correctly. I should have had these prepared, but uh, whatever. Fuck it. Look it up yourself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I got a few um, metal, hardcore-ish supergroups that I like. Path of Resistance is one. Members of Earth Crisis. What about... Uh, no, I don't think so. I was going to say, would Arch Enemy be considered a supergroup? But I don't think the rest of the members were established I don't think so, prior either. to Michael forming the band. And so no, I would say no. Ice Pick, Danny, you got yep. Isaac from Scarhead and... Um, Jamie Joseph from Hey Beard, yeah, like that's pretty cool. And they only did one album. What about Hate Inc? That could be toying the lines of Supergroup because there was members of Cold as Life. Yeah, but it's like that'd be like a local Supergroup, maybe not like I don't know yeah. how you would put that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like they they're only big like in our worlds. Right. I don't know. I guess so are these in a little bit of a way. Like In Cold Blood's another one from the mid '90s. And one more metal-related supergroup is a band called Rebel Meets Rebel. 
and it includes Vinny and Dimebag from Pantera and David Allen Co. fucking singing, and it sounds strange. Dimebag, Vinny Paul, and David Allen Co. How would that sound? Fucking badass. Like the they had the first song and was, if it was a single, I don't I don't even know if they had a single, but it's uh the song's called A Man With Nothing's Ain't Got Nothing to Lose and David Allen Coe's singing. It's fucking it's tight, dude. I mean it's like it puts a smile on your face just because it's like almost that ridiculous, but it works. So anybody out there wanna check something out weird? Rebel meets rebel. There's a weird band with Bill Mosley and Phil Anselmo from Pantera. And then he also has another one called Cornbugs, where it's Bill Mosley and Buckethead. Oh, I haven't heard those before either. Uh, they're like they're satire. They're not meant to be taken seriously. Oh, okay. Oh, Bill Mosley's from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. He played Chop Top for anybody listening yeah. who's not familiar with that. He's not actually a musician, so I don't know if that constitutes supergroup. But if the Johnny Depp thing can work, then we'll give it to Bill too. But I have these DVDs of Bill Mosley and Buckethead where Bill Mosley's dressed up like Leatherface and Buckethead is Buckethead. <laughs> and they're like playing in his back porch or something. You know what? I did see a picture of that before. Now that I, with Buckethead and fucking Leatherface. I'll borrow you the DVDs. They're funny That's as fuck. Awesome. I have them autographed by Bill because I met him at some Comic Con thing. All right, let's get into some hip hop supergroups. Yeah. So. One big question, do you consider Wu-Tang a supergroup? Well, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to know that, too, because I was going to be like, well, Mob Deep's kind of a supergroup. Not really. You don't think so? I mean, they're a great group if you're defining super as, like, fucking that, super. But that's what I mean by, like, is Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang like that? No, I don't consider Wu-Tang a supergroup by definition. Neither do I, because, because they came the out only, as a group. Yeah. They didn't have, like, they came out with all the solo albums afterwards. Um, The only person to even have anything out was RZA, as far as I know. And he was, like, Prince Rakim or something like that. Yeah. He had that one song. I think had a deal, too. Okay, Jizza might have. So they're, like, toying the line of it, because... I don't consider Wu-Tang a supergroup. Yeah, but as far as I know, Mob Deep never had anything... Prior to, because they were That's like true. fucking like fifteen That's when they true. started when yeah. they came out with Juvenile. It's Hell. just a good group, dude. Yeah. But I'm like, there's two people in it. Maybe I can make this fly, dude. So what about Method Man and Red Man? Does that constitute supergroup? Even though it's not a group, it's a duo. Because oh, they yeah. were both already done. Because it's hip hop, I think we can use a duo as a group. Yeah. But if it was like blues based guitar driven band, I don't. Right. I, you can't do it. So turn. yeah, I would yeah because Redman was famous before he hooked up with Method Man. So yep. the Blackout album, the first one's fucking dope. Second one's great too. I wish they'd do a third one now. Yeah, that's that a, would be sweet. Yeah, that'd be a good fucking money grab because I'd buy it. Yeah, I would too. Even if it wasn't even that good, which I would have faith that it would be good. Redman had um, Death Squad too. Was another supergroup mm-hmm. with Keith Murray and Eric Sermon. Yep. They did the cover, um, Rapper's Delight, that got Sugar pretty Hill big. Gang song, yep. yep. Actually, that was the first CD I've ev- I ever purchased on my own as a kid. Was uh, In the beginning, there was rap, and that song was on there. I love that Def Squad album. Fuck, dude, this shit's so good. Eric Sermon's beats are great. 
He needs to be more famous. Yeah, EPMD, like, Mm -hmm. it's, they're highly respected amongst hip-hop heads, but, like, only the real ones. Like, if you ask the occasional listener who EPMD is, like, most aren't gonna know, I don't think. Yeah, I picture, you know, you got, like, backpack hip-hop kids with headphones, like, straight-up nerdy judge-ass motherfuckers know who that is. So, Army of the Pharaohs is another excellent hip-hop group. They had Vinny Paz, Apathy, Esoteric, who is one of the members of Zarface, um, Planetary, King Size, uh, Self Titled. Um, I'm trying to, I'm doing this all off my head. Yeah, I'll just go on it. Just a lot, I think, was in there. Um, and these are going to be a lot of ums to edit out of here. You're getting all of them. All of the ums. <laughs> um, there's another. Yeah, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. I know I'm missing a handful, but great, just dirty, <clears throat> on, like that really dirty tough guy shit, man. That I love boosted it. my like look into underground hip hop to find everything. A lot of the stuff that I found was through Jedi Mind Tricks and right. all the Pharaohs and those guys. Yeah, and then that's kind of like that's another group that broke off like Wu Tang and each member. Yeah, because Apathy has a successful solo career. But then Apathy and Self-Titled had a couple albums together, so I guess that could be considered a little supergroup if we're constituting Method Man and Red Man. Well, it'd be like, yeah, I would say one of the better ones, if we're going to do that, would be like Doom and Mad Lib. Doom and Mad Lib. That could be really tight. Um, Zarface would be one, because Esoteric, and then Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang, and then 7L's their producer, but he was with... Uh, that's another army of the pharaoh member but yeah. he just helped on the beats and stuff he don't rap or anything it's cool he's always it been like the duo with esoteric woven together like in that it's all yeah. and like pretty much you can kind of like at least i can anybody from that group is doing something else i'll give it a shot there was that one woo massacre album with, yeah uh, massive man ghostface and raekwon yep that was really good that okay. could I guess loosely be considered a well yeah, that's kind of like a woo child or something but yeah it's a woo child but like it's still after wu-tang so west side connection oh definitely ice dude cube. i totally didn't even think of yeah. west side connection yeah ice cube mac 10 and uh wc yeah the firm which was yep. nas az foxy brown and i have that on my list i can't oh, remember i can't remember the other members uh, an earlier, early, later supergroup, which would probably be the most recent, was Beast Coast, which was like Joey Badass and Flatbush Zombies and all the pro era kids. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to that or not. It came out a few years ago. I have not. And it didn't really get that big, but it has some cool shit on it. Right on. There's that. There's Prime, which is DJ Premier and Royce the Five Nine, which is really, really good. Black Star. Yeah, well, Black Star is debatable. Now, see. Because we were talking about that before. Right. It's like some and people like, do. They did have don't. they did have their some things going to live quality and most deaf prior to Black Star. But I think Black Star is what projected their solo oh, careers. Definitely onto the um, like national stage for sure. Yeah. Um, Prophets of Rage. They could be considered one. That is, Zach Dillard, oh, that is. Yeah. Real. Trying yeah. to think of any that we're missing here. Chuck D. Oh, yeah. Tom Chuck Morello. Yep. Oh, Living Legends. 
the Grouch, Murs, oh, Eli, shit, yeah. all those guys, yep. the Rhyme Sayers Collective. I'm going. I'm going through albums in my head. Yeah, I think I who's hit. With, like, who's right on there. that? Um, with Aesop Rock, on that fucking on Ken. Oh, on Ken. Uh, Tobacco. Yeah. He's just the producer. Okay. Okay. Um, there is Lice though. That's Aesop yeah. Rock and Homeboy Sam. Man. Yeah. Oh, Grave Diggers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just recently came out. I was very pleased. As Prince Paul and RZA couple other people in there oh yeah native tongues Poetic. i don't know if they ever actually released a whole album but native tongues was like the collective of de la soul a tribe called quest uh queen latifah yeah if they did make it i'm gonna have to look into that dungeon family gone. which was goody mob and outcast that was like kind of a collective as well what did they didn't they call their studio like the yeah it was the dungeon it was like a dirt floor and shit yeah something like yeah, that it's yeah it's pretty good documentary out about it all right so I think we covered other supergroups enough let's crack into our shit all right now. I haven't heard yours you haven't heard mine we'll just start with whatever so just pick one that you want to and we'll run with it we don't even have to do it by same genre or anything because each one's gonna spawn a little conversation yeah, I'm sure. okay I'm gonna I did a like a hip hop east coast one that i you know <laughs> Fuck, i did too did you yeah it's hard well they're all new york and it's it's like that's the, just what we it's love. like the new york six and like, it, i didn't i was okay. even i was even thinking of the names to call them in my head all shit. right well and i i use people that are um not too far underground like they all have had successful careers they've uh, sold records for the most part yeah, yeah, mine, mine were all... It doesn't mean they're rich. They just sold the records, you know? So the first dude I would put in my group would be Big Pun. I've loved him since I was, like, 13. I traded a... Uh, trade. What the fuck did I trade for that? I traded something for that and a Method Man. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that on the Musical Impact episode. Right, okay. <laughs> so listen to that, and you'll figure it out. And then... uh I can't remember what it was, but I remember you saying that. And then uh, Prodigy, which I mentioned just earlier, being like, is that a super group? It's pretty gangster. And I put Old Dirty Bastard in there as like a hype guy slash Old Dirty Bastard being Old Dirty Bastard. And then to get like, you know, that smooth, slow gangster feel, I got Biggie. Like, I, you can't do East Coast without Biggie. I did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> and then uh, the most underrated guy, I think, on my list is Rakim. And I also think that he's probably the most talented on my list. You ever read his book? No. I got it. I'll borrow it to you. It's, cool. it's a really quick read. It's only like 280 pages. Right on. But it's pretty good. Hook me up with that shit. And then uh, Nas. Okay. So you have like your own kind of like, East Coast collective. Yeah. That's what I did too. And actually, Prodigy's one in there. Okay. But uh, you know that R.A. the Rugged Man yep. song, The Slayers Club, where he's got, like, Vinnie Paz and Ice-T and, like, just this crazy fucking lineup of people? I kind of did that and made, like, my own group of just the most gangster people yeah, I can yeah, think yeah, of yeah, yeah. that I listen to. So I have Benny the Butcher, who that's, like, my favorite out of the east coast for the last few years uh sean price jada kiss ghostface killer big l and prodigy 
And they're all from New York. And I have albums by all of those people <laughs> except Jada Kiss, dude. I did have Shoestring in there from the yeah. Dayton family. But then I was like, man, he's from Flint. I want to I keep these all in New York. Right. So I think I replaced him. I replaced Shoestring with Jada Kiss. Yeah, uh, Sean Price, like, uh, yeah, Sean. witty rhymes and punchlines and stuff. Yeah. But, like, just give me that with no choruses and just let them all bounce verses off of each other. And yeah, like, just how, like how Griselda does yeah. it. And just keep going back and forth off yeah. of each other and just keep going. I was I had that Slayers Club song in mind when I was doing that because that song is just ridiculous. Like, you keep going through it and you're like, who the hell is going to come on here next? Like, the list is crazy. On yeah, There's so like yours is based on, on almost like the most technical fucking badass rhyming that could go down, basically, you think, right? Like Yeah, like the most witty street right. shit that you could have because like sean price has all the, the great punchlines and stuff i mean he was known for that but then like big l had has a bunch too right right but they're all like grimy no i get it i was just like looking at mine and i kind of thought of it and like one of the reasons i put biggie in there was because i think he needed to offset old dirty bastard yeah and Fucking, well, that's a, you know what I mean? That's, that's definitely how I a, thought about it. a certain tone to offset. Yeah. Because nobody else sounds like that. Except, except early Buster Rhymes, kind of. Yeah. When he was in Leaders of the New School, he had that real drunken flow style. Yeah, he definitely developed into his own style, too. Yeah. You want to hear one of my custom ones? Yeah. I think I'm going to save my custom for last. Okay. I'm excited about that. I'm only <laughs> I'm bringing up the this uh, custom one because you mentioned somebody that's in my custom group here. Okay. And I don't even. I'm just gonna. I would like to see this happen live, once, and it never will. But I would do it like, I'd have Prince in the band as the songwriter, and the lead guitar I had player. Prince in my custom, but took him out. And I put him in there because I anything that anybody else can't do in the studio and live for that matter he can do it right whatever it is so that was kind of like the it's kind of almost cheating that wasn't kind of in a way why i took him out but at the same time why it's why i added him to the drummers i didn't want to do anything too typical so i chose kevin talley who does drums on my favorite Dying Fetus albums. Okay. And his nickname is at that time was One Take Tally. Like, he's that good. And I don't know if anybody uh, listens to Dying Fetus, but that shit is so fast and precise. Yeah, that would be really hard to do on one yeah, take. Yeah, it's fucking, it, it is impressive. I would, And I would want his style of drums with these people. On rhythm guitar, I would put... Fred Sonic from the MC5. That's kind of an odd choice, but Ooh, I love it. Sonic Rendezvous Band is another is, super group yeah, that we could have. I know, and that and that's kind that would be on like a my rock list, punk list, I guess, to do like rhythm and shit. And then Matt Freeman from Rancid on bass. I was torn between that and uh, Cliff Burton. But I think Cliff Burton's like a pretty obvious choice. So, and Matt Freeman, dude, is fucking badass. So you kind of took like you made like a hobo stew, basically. Right, right, of a right. Custom group. Right. That's that's kind of how I looked at it. 
And then uh, to sing, like as the main singer, be Billie Holiday, backup vocals, and like the hype dude, I'd want Vinnie Paz. So, and I think like Vinnie Paz and Billie Holiday's voice, actually, they do go together pretty good. That's the only one I like kind of listen to. They both sound like they smoked they, a pack right, of Marble Reds a day for like... 30 years they have that grout that gravel to them and that shit sounds cool in my head and then of course prince could you know do all that high pitched shit yeah i basically just threw together like a stew <laughs> just like this shit would look awesome on stage my custom has eight actually not seven i'm sorry eight yeah man you totally went over the rules <laughs> i wanted i wanted my own <laughs> fucking earth wind and fire yeah well, I was gonna, dude. I was thinking of putting John there's, John Williams in my. There's but then two, I got a whole orchestra. There's two bass players, two guitar players. Oh shit, that's dope. A piano player, two singers. What else is on your list besides that? Because I want to hear that. <laughs> and I'm pretty much. I'm All right, good. We're, we're gonna jump into my second hip hop group. Okay. Uh, Black Thought, Royce the Five Nine, Pharaoh Monch. I almost put him on another on there too. And apathy. Apathy's fucking awesome too. I think those four with their technicality would be I mean, Black Thought alone, the guy is his own supergroup, really. Like he's amazing. And the the stuff he writes is crazy. Who but, just came out with a uh, new album recently that is yeah, fucking awesome. The Danger Mouse, play, the Cheat Codes album. Yeah, it's, yeah, I fucking love that shit, man. It is really good, which has an MF Doom song on yep, it, too. Yep, But I like Royce a lot. I was listening to a episode of Math Hoffa podcast that he did an interview on, and he, I don't know, the, the man speaks, like, so intelligently. Like, it, you listen to him like you're listening to a school professor or something. And he still, he f- carries that on into his music, too. So the way he writes things is just very intellectual. And that's and how I like I my like, hip-hop. I like reading into it the yep. way it is. It's not all about fucking jewelry and bitches, yeah. you There's know. There's a time and place for all that, right. but I think that's... People catch that rap about it and don't look into the other side of it. Tribe Called Quest Low End Theory is half of a jazz album, basically. Uh, yeah, it's... A young MC, that one that... We had a lady in the store one time, and she was like... This is related to the young MC. I got you. She was like, I don't like rap. You know, like Quincy Jones said, it's crap, or rap with the C, or whatever the fuck she said. I can't remember word for word, but I was like... You know, Quincy Jones has produced, like, three hip-hop albums, right? And she was like, no, he didn't. I was like, you know that song, Bust a Move? And then I kind of, like, sang it a little for her. And uh, she's like, well, yeah, that's a good song. I was like, Quincy Jones produced that fucking song and the whole album. And it's a fucking hip-hop album. (laughs) And and it's a hip-hop album. Now, yeah, he was probably referring to... the drugs and time and place and, too yeah, it would have been but, like prmc time yeah, but that's like how like um stevie wonder didn't want to do gangster's paradise right i heard that unless he wouldn't swear right which coolio abided to um but all right get into your next group i gotta flip through my notes here okay i got a, a punk one that i think would be really cool and uh i should have done a punk one but I did, I did a jazz one and you didn't. So yeah, we I, didn't do a, I didn't do a jazz one. 
because uh, I didn't I didn't do a jazz one because jazz is almost like, like they're, they're super all groups. super groups yeah. on their own because they just have jam sessions right. with all these different amazing musicians. Although like, I could have done one that you'd want to like you'd want you to could see consider. Together. Well, that's what I did was like these five would be fucking awesome together. But you could consider kind of blue a super group album because Cannonball. At, was already established. Paul Chambers was already established. Yeah. Coltrane was established. That's true. Miles obviously was. Blue Train would have been the same thing. So like Lee Morgan was already. Blue Train's. Philly Joe amazing. Jones already had shit. That's what's cool about jazz though is it's almost like they're all super groups. Like they're all just cranking out their own shit. But anyway. I punk, just want to hear. Super group. I just want to hear yours. My jazz one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my jazz super group would be. Lee Morgan, Art Blakey, Pharaoh Sanders, uh, Charles Mingus, and Miles Davis. I almost use Art Blakey as my <coughs> drummer. drummer in my crazy custom one. I was going to use Philly Joe Jones because I was like, man, Art Blakey seems so obvious for jazz. Right. But he's obvious for a reason, so I was like, I can't not pick him. Yeah, I can't Pharaoh Sanders is like anything bad. my favorite sax player, and Lee Morgan's my favorite trumpeteer. They both put out crazy things. Uh, I mean, obviously, Miles is up there, too. Okay, my punk one would include Mike Ness. Singing or guitar? Singing, guitar, and songwriting. Okay. He can kind of, and I don't, you know, it's like he can kind of go in and out wherever. Rabies to sing from Warzone, which Warzone's almost a super group in its own, and not on purpose, it just... Dude, there was, I want to say, like, they don't even know how many people are in that band. Like, 75, there's such a rotation. The only right. constant person was Rabies, so. And I almost put Todd Youth in there, too, but I didn't. I wanted, I put Purcell in as the other guitar player from Youth of Today. And he plays, like, a uh, a green Les Paul that I always, can, I love the fucking tone of that thing. So it's, like, more, you know, it's it's hardcore punk but it's not metal. You know what I'm saying? It's like the to me like the perfect balance for that shit. Yeah. And then I can't think of his name at off the top of my head. I'm going to look this up, but the drummer from Strife, if it wasn't for him, I don't like he carried that band in my eyes, you know, and his fills are really tight and shit. He did definitely give them their sound. Yeah. And as I was thinking about that, in like a punk rock band, if your drummer is the shit, Everybody else can suck, and you'll do because good. the drummer is like the glue that holds the band together. Yeah, it's just like, like people it's don't crazy. realize how much they rely on the drummer for timing, especially bass player too. Bass oh, yeah. player bass and the drummer play right off of each ever. other. And then uh, Matt Freeman would be on bass because I don't know who else to put in there because like that's just the top dude. It's hard to pick out punk bassist. You could have put Sid Vicious. See, that would have. But been he really wasn't that great of a bass player. Exactly, like. That would look awesome on stage. Right. But but probably not sound that great. Yeah, I don't want to have to, like, all right, somebody get Sid some dope. He needs to yeah. play. <laughs> he can't play anyway. Oh, yeah. Is that it for your punk one? Yeah, I'm just uh, looking up the drummer's getting name. that drummer's name real quick. Okay. And it's on In This Defiance, One Truth. Those, those couple albums are fucking rad as far as Strife goes. His drumming's just, like, nice and fast and 
two-steppy, you know? Like, definitely circle pit, but you can still fucking spin kick somebody in the face. <laughs> yeah. Craig Anderson, I don't know how it, that's his name. That's a really easy name. I, I know, forget. I don't know. I it, Yeah, it's like, it sounds very, like he's from Alpina. It's, it's a, Craig Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, so those are mine. That would be a dope band for sure. All right, metal band. This I actually, like, I went through and listened, and I added the last guy. I'm going to have to explain how this would work because they both couldn't sing at the same time. Well, that's kind of like they couldn't have Prince, Billie Holiday, and Vinnie Paz all singing at the same time. Right. You could have them bounce off each other. Right. Doing like a path of resistance thing. Yeah. So for metal, for drummers, I have Gene Hoagland. All right. Um, for singing, I have Michael Ackerfeld for the low-end growls. And then Chuck from Death for the high-end stuff. So what it would be like... Well, let me get the rest of the members first, and then I'll explain this. I have Jeff Loomis from Nevermore. Um, and... Martin Hagstrom, who's the rhythm guitar player for Meshuggah. It's hard to be a good rhythm guitar player because you're kind of just following along, but they're so weird and crazy that it, like, oh, it, dude, it, it like works. so much dexterity, but dude. Jeff Loomis's guitar playing is so technical. So I was thinking, like, during the slower breakdown parts, Michael would have them deep guttural vowel, right. or vocals, vowels. Um, and then for the... <laughs> faster more upbeat thrashy sounding stuff you'd have chuck screaming on it and you could even like i don't know i get well now three guitar players is excessive so keep chuck off of guitars that's probably my favorite combo um even if one guy can do it where it would like whatever like the verse is sung all deep and then the chorus is like a fucking demon screaming yeah I, i love that mix I think that would be a sweet band because Michael has, like, to me, the cleanest but, like, most evil sound, yeah, vocal sound because you can hear him. You can understand what he's saying for the most part pretty well, but it's so evil sounding. And then Chuck is obviously Chuck. I mean, that can't be imitated, so. The only uh, thing that I'm honestly not familiar with is the Meshuggah because I never... I just don't like the sound of them. They're definitely, and I don't like all their albums, but there is some really good shit by them. Bands like Gojira, when they came around later on, they're good and all, but I was like, this is just a direct ripoff of Meshuggah. Well, and the other thing I... Well, I shouldn't call it a ripoff. It's an interpretation of... But they sing about, to me, it's like the, the topic of, you know, save the earth and all this environmental things. Yeah. I know a lot of people that listen to that band that don't really listen to what the fuck he's saying, and it's pretty funny. They're like, this shit's so fucking hard, and it's like, dude, don't litter. Don't. I thought you liked listening to this shit. Right. And they have no idea what's going on. So because of that, I'm like... I was trying to think of, like, making my own bloodbath. That'd be fucking for, sick. For my metal group, that's kind of how I did it. I was yeah. like, who would be the people that I would want to hear play with most? And I I had George Colias originally from Nile for the drummer, uh-huh. but he's so fast and so like crazy that I was like, well, Gene can do both, and right. I'm sure George could as well. Like I've heard him do breakdowns, but Gene has I don't know to me just the the greatest breakdowns and mixture of between thrash style drumming and 
just the slow, chuggy, like heavy yeah, it's shit. Yeah, super group, man. You gotta get the most well-rounded guys. He's been in so many bands too. It's different sounding. Right. Like he's yeah, drummed you know he for can pull off anything. He drummed for Death on an individual thought patterns, and I think maybe another album. Uh, Testament. He's drummed for Fear Factory, Strapping Young Lad. Uh, Death Clock, he's the drummer for. No shit. Death Clock I, I is know a he's got like band. a. I know he's got a whole bunch of other bands. That, but, but yeah, he's been around, dude. I was actually, I kept watching drum videos last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I was watching like Marthas from Cradle of Filth and George Colias and Mike Portnoy. Nice. And was a it bunch where of it has gym. that, um, all you kind of really hear is the drums yep. and you see them? It's just them in the it. studio playing drums okay. and you get like. Which I gotta show you is George Kalai's videos. Yeah, Footwork is insane. But yeah, I was watching all these videos and then I was showing my kids some this morning. Did swap out a couple in the metal. But Jeff Loomis, I think, I mean, the guitar playing from Nevermore is fucking nuts. Whether you like the band or not. Right. The singer, no, the singer's kind of. Some people like it, some people don't. I think they're great. But the guitar playing in general is just fucking phenomenal. Carries that. I would, uh, What's your metal group? I actually didn't do uh, a metal one. Oh. Because... I thought, uh, I thought you said uh, you did, but you might have said metal punk. punk. I did a okay. punk, yeah, gotcha. punk one. But if I was to do, like, I could do a, a metal one kind of right now off the top of my head. Do it up. I would kind of keep it, because it's it's just where I'm at right now. Is like I'm really into that 80s shit, like Death Angel, Death, all that kind of shit. Carcass, like... Just to mix that shit up would be fucking cool to take, like, the guitar playing on Carcass with the vocals from Death Angel and drums. I just, I love Death Angel. I could do a whole episode on them, you know? Actually, I think Gene Hoagland drummed for Death Angel, too, for a little bit. Oh, right on. We'll just say that. He's in the band then, I suppose. See what else I would do. Bass, 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 bass. And probably Cliff Burton. I would pick someone fucking nuts, like the bass player from Gorguts or Arcspire or something. Just some crazy. Just something that was fucking wild, like some dude that plays a seven-string bass yeah, or something. Yeah, now see, I was, I was, you know, now that I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head, I think they put a stand-up bass player, like a psychobilly bass player in there that can go fast as fuck. That would be cool. There are, I've that seen would make, a, like, a cool sound. I've seen some of those psychobilly bands live that... Their upright oh, yeah. bass player is fucking, fucking insane. Dude. <laughs> their hands are slapping yeah. at a million miles an hour. Yeah, it's like Les Claypool fast forwarded like yep. triple speed. I've seen him play stand up bass That'd be too. The shit. Yeah. He's got that one bass that's like just a straight rod and it's got like this lever on top that pulls the strings up and down and he just he just smacks it with a stick. Oh, and then he and plays it, like, the he did the, like the 25th anniversary live of South Park. Yeah. And he played with that. that with it. It's really cool looking. Oh, shit. I'm sure he probably made it or something, because I know for, like, Brown Album, they made a lot of their own instruments and stuff on there. I saw or I saw um, the band The Legendary Shack Shakers I've seen years Legendary ago, Shack Shakers. And his, his bass is an outhouse, like a Naughty Pine outhouse. I always thought that was, it's like a fucking shitter. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Had like a moon and a fucking sun on his side. That guy, beat the that, shit out of it. That guy's so crazy live. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was like pulling out his chest hair and like throwing it at the crowd and stuff. Yeah, that's and, uh, uh, 
Yeah, the fucking. He's singer. got like that palm mic, and he holds it to his throat. Yeah. And makes that it gives it that distorted voice yeah. that he does and shit. Uh, but man, he was crazy. Yeah. Anybody wants to listen to some unique shit, check that out too. I seen legendary Shack Shakers with Coffin Cats. And I can't remember really who else. It was quite a while ago. But I remember Coffin Guts was there, and they have an upright bass player. They're a yep. Detroit band, for anybody listening. And the guitar player would stand on the upright bass and do his guitar solos while the bass player's playing yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty good awesome. tricks, dude. I saw, um, I saw them with the Pine Hill Haints, the legendary Shack Shakers, and... They, their band lineup has changed. They don't even, you know, since then they've probably had, I don't know, three or four different When I seen them, they drummer. had some old dude playing bass. Oh, they didn't have the fucking... But he, well, he wasn't like old, old. He was probably just old like, for us, like yeah. in his fucking 50s. Yeah, which really isn't that... No, it's not that old. <laughs> but like, they, he was older than you would have expected, like... Had, but he had a Hawaiian shirt on and, like, a straw hat or something. Oh, no, that's the dude. That's, that's the, guy. the original okay. bass player. That's what yeah. I thought. And then David Lee was playing guitar when I saw him. That was pretty cool. Uh, he had his own custom Gretsch, and I'm a fucking fan of Gretsch guitars. But, yeah, the singer's definitely weird. I can't remember if there was a band in Detroit that I was friends with, a few of them, uh, the Gutter Ghouls. And they were a Psychobilly three-piece. And I can't... They might have been who played with Legendary oh, Shack okay. I know where they. I know they were there, at least. I don't remember if they played or not. I never listened they, to that. They played before. upright bass, too. It was like horror punk Psychobilly. But the guitar player, Billy, I used to crash at his house when I'd go down there and oh, stuff. Right and he would make pancakes and shit. <laughs> like his own syrup and stuff. It was delicious. Shout out to Billy if he's ever listening to this i miss your pancakes um and then brandon he owns hardline tattoo or does he own it yeah i'm I'm pretty sure sure he's the owner yeah he in windat he runs a shop down there and then there was a guy named kevin that drummed for a while and then a guy named jamie but anyways i'm getting into sidetracked shit they were all really cool guys but they had a upright bass and he would I mean, they played the shit. Yeah, out. Like, nasty. they were awesome oh, shows. Get nasty on those. They did a Rocky Horror Picture Show tribute one time where they were all dressed up as people from Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show. It's on YouTube. It, like, you can type Gutter Ghouls Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's fucking hilarious. And he does Check such a good job. Because Brandon, I mean, like, he could sing, like, really fucking good. I have some videos of him one night in his house just singing with like acoustic. Like he has an actual voice. Yeah, he's, he could sing, man. He has some chops. But all right, uh, do you have any groups left or no? No, I do not, Okay, sir. well, let's get into my custom group. About time. <laughs> all right, so my custom group, I have James Brown singing for, like, the raspiness and the funk. Fuck yeah. And then I got Curtis Mayfield to lay on the smooth. Les Claypool paying bass with also Lewis Johnson from the Brothers Johnson playing bass. <laughs> yeah, <Earth laughs> fire, dude. Damn. Um, I have Daru Jones, Jack White's drummer, because I think yep. he's a really exciting drummer to watch play, and I think he would also suit the band really awesome. Herbie Hancock playing piano, Eddie Hazel playing guitar, and Jimi Hendrix playing guitar. I almost used Jimmy as well. 
But just picture that stage setup, dude. Yeah, it'd be it'd insane. Be fucking insane. <laughs> like, it'd be cool. I was sitting there thinking about that last night, and I was like, man, this would be the coolest live group ever. Or it might suck because they're all so good that they might drown each other out or something, or one wants the spotlight. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, maybe you, you gotta. We have to take yeah uh, personalities out of the equation. Yeah. You know, James Brown would be like, you gotta pay me first. Yep. And then. <laughs> To just fuck it up right from there. Make sure I don't look short on stage. Yeah, yeah. And Les Claypool's pretty fucking tall. That oh yeah, that's pretty funny. Eddie Hazel and Jimi Hendrix just like I could listen to a record of just them two jamming together. That's like a legit that could too bad that didn't happen. That'd be a legit album. Could have happened, it would have been fucking sweet. That that could have been like that super session album with Mike Bloomfield and shit. Like that was the guitar playing on that's awesome, but just them two playing together. Lewis Johnson playing with Les Claypool because Les Claypool obviously got a lot of his style from, from funk. Him. And I'm sure he was probably a Big Brothers Johnson fan. Yeah, I'm a Big Brothers Johnson fan. And Lewis Johnson's done, like, everything. Like, I mean, he did Thriller and... Uh, a whole bunch of Michael Jackson shit. He was on Off the Wall. And so yeah, he's he had like, like countless amount of hits. But even the Brothers Johnson had a lot of hits too. They had Get the Funk Out My Face and Strawberry Number well, 23. Was, Quincy was producing them back in the day, right? Brothers Johnson? Yeah. 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 Because he, But he was also doing Michael. No, yeah, I know. I was just that's like, probably that's how they the got hooked up actually. Because right. Quincy was like, dude, you need this guy playing right. bass. And apparently. Uh, who did the guitar solo on Thriller? Was it fucking... That was um, in Thriller? Yeah. Or on Beat It? Uh, Beat It. Oh, okay, Thriller album. Eddie Van Halen. That's what I thought. I didn't want to say that but and sound un- dumb. Oh, no, it's was uncredited, like, though. That's what I thought, okay. Because I was like, did he do it? That'd be a sweet combo, Eddie Van Halen and Lewis Johnson. It's a lot it. of funky bass and a lot of crazy guitar licks. I'll have to look into the credits of that song, and maybe he actually did play bass on that song i'm not 100 percent on that yeah you just check that out i don't know for sure but yeah that's all i got for super groups there's a listed all mine. There's, yeah there's so many to to say yeah Asia's i could i mean we could go on forever but i could have made a bunch more too or listed a lot more for groups in general there was a ton of classic rock super groups yeah like i think that was really where led zeppelin's a super yeah group. exactly yeah, Yardbirds, Led Zeppelin. Yep. yep, Yardbirds, Blind Faith. We mentioned Blind Faith. Yep, then. you go down the list. And yeah, I bet you a lot of people Rainbow. actually didn't really know that Led Zeppelin is a supergroup. Wait, now does... I have just one more question about this supergroup deal. Black Sabbath, I think, became... The later a, albums the, would become yeah, a supergroup because of... Dio. I was going to ask that earlier and forgot. Yeah, I could say that. I would think that, that without Ozzy... It's a super group. Because then they also had Ian Gillen from Deep Purple right. Down the Road. Yep. And then they had... Uh, I was on Born Again, right? Yeah, I'm Born Again. Who was the guy that sang... Richie Blackmore, he sang on yeah. uh, Headless Cross. And then what was that bluesy album, the singer? I can't remember. He was from another band, too. So then Black Sabbath would have been... Black Sabbath could have been constituted as a super I group. Would, yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate everybody checking out the show this week. Hit our Instagram, which is Noise Avocation. Just search there, and you'll be able to find it. And 
you know, when we post on here, drop what your ideal supergroups would be if you have any, like, fantasy groups that you are into. I noticed in last episode I didn't tell you how to find our Instagram, um, but for anybody that looks, it's always in the description of the episodes. But all right, thanks for listening, and we will have some more stuff very soon for you. Uh, Peace out.